You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Like not show up again. <sighs> Three weeks in a row. Like guarantee. Like she's, I always say, wherever she's at, she's doing something embarrassing. She hasn't. She hasn't officially quit. She's still with us. <laughs> She's still doing some social medias for us. Um, She's feeling ill today is her. She'd spend all of last yeah. week in Boise. That could, that could kind of be like I'd feel sick after that, too. And they drove. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> her and her boss drove all the way up there. <sighs> That's right. She was working up in that Idaho store for a and week. Back, That's so, yeah. yeah, so I don't, I don't blame her. Um. It is uh, the last week of the month, so it's Utah Adventure Week, um, and we had a so crazy because it felt like we just did the ice castles. I know, and it's like it's already the end of the month. Yeah, and next month they'll come at us. Really, part of it is February is a short month, so technically the twenty eighth is a week from today, but um, you know that would mean the first. Yeah, so if it was it. a leap year, we'd be doing this episode next week. I think twenty twenty five is a leap year, or twenty twenty four. I don't know. That's something. This is the dumbest fucking thing we ever decided to do as a, a civilization. Who Should have just stuck with the Aztec calendar. It was good for 3,000 years. Yeah. We, well. No alteration. That's, I think, uh, <laughs> there's still like, you go to like Japan. Japan has a whole different fucking calendar oh, yeah. system. And like, uh, fucking Korea, everything's based off of when the Supreme Ruler was born. So next year. Next year is leap year. So I heard, I heard someone talking about the Japanese calendar, and then like amongst the people, it's not. This, they don't really follow it. It's not our year. It's like a yeah. whole different year. And so, like when you fill out formal paperwork, it's well. There's like a there's a Jewish calendar too. The that's year of our separate. Lord Jing Chao or whoever's yeah, in charge. Like, and the, anyway, yeah, it's uh, Jing Chao. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> fucking racist. <laughs> Those Orientals, Jeremy. Those Orientals. <laughs> Jing Chow, fuck. <laughs> that would that would be closer to being fucking Chinese anyway. They don't even have Oriental noodles anymore. They're now soy sauce noodles. Soy sauce noodles. Yeah, they took stupidness and got rid of the Oriental. So is the Oriental Express now the and rugs. Soy sauce. Yeah. That's the only place that it's that it's appropriate. Express. Oriental. No, Oriental rugs. Trading Company still exists. Oh yeah. I mean, the Orient is a place. But to say someone's an Oriental is not exactly kosher these days. I don't know. We're not <laughs> we're not here to decide these things. Yeah. And we're, don't come to us for advice on that one. Yeah, that's just a bad idea. We're not good. We're here to talk about Utah <laughs> mostly. And even at that we're not uh, <laughs> just, just, we kinda messed that one up from time to time. It's okay. It's okay. Um yeah, lots of shit going on. Um I'm glad I don't live in Ohio. So I saw, so I mean, I, I know everybody's probably seen a bunch of stuff, but I was watching, a t I think it was TikTok last night, and this guy was looking at his truck, and, and he's like, I've got this plastic stuff on my truck, and he's like pushing it, pushing it, and he's uh, like, wait a minute, it took off the entire clear coat. Yeah, so not just, so that has been happening across Pennsylvania and New York, and there's a bunch of people that have been now calling in, because... The place in Ohio where this train derailed is right next to Pennsylvania. Like oh, so a lot of people don't realize like Ohio and Pennsylvania, they share a border 
And there are a lot of fucking people that live within probably 20 miles of that border, like either right on it or right near. Like there's a ton of towns uh, where those two states intersect. And there is a bunch of people and they're calling in and like, you know, like the New York EPA is like, yeah, don't fucking touch it. Like that's this is actually a problem. Like, Did you see the, the snowballs they were burning? No. So they're making snowballs and taking it in the house. Lighting it with, uh, it's not melting. It's just turning it's just lighting on black fire because and lighting it's a on fire because there's so much. Yeah, let's take like, it. Let's take that in the house. I watched a guy go to one of the rivers close by uh, and do grab a water sample. By the way, the EPA. Anyone that wants to know, the EPA is basing their decisions on water quality from two likely contaminated samples, mishandled and contaminated samples <laughs> that the fucking railroad company tested. Oh, the yeah. EPA didn't go and make test their own shit. But anyway, so he he was taking a sample out of one of the streams. He's like, this looks fine. He's like, I'm going to put on a glove just in case. He's like, I don't, I'm not wearing a mask. And he like takes a cup and like gets the sample cup and then puts a lid on it. And he goes back to the water and you see the water starting to bubble and you see the shimmer uh. of like a chemical that's not mixing with water that is now like as it got disturbed a little bit, it's like bubbling to the surface. So all the colors and, of the and rainbow. And so like yeah, then the whole surface of the water just starts to shimmer out from where he took the cup sample. Like holy fuck, how do you not know that's incredibly contaminated? Ugh. There was a girl that went back to her place uh, where she lived in Ohio. I don't remember the name of the town this is all by. But she goes back into her house to do a couple of things. She decides to take a shower, ends up with a fucking rash across her face, across her whole body. This is serious shit. Like, these people are going to have, one, they're going to fucking have cancer, like, no doubt about it. But the real question is, is this just going to be a town that gets completely shuttered as a result? Yeah. Like, like the the town that the the Aaron Brockovich movies based yeah. off of. Yeah. That whole disaster with the water. It's like Chernobyl. Well, and the, it's just fucking crazy. Like, it's insane. And the fact that, like, Pete Buttigieg has fucking had his thumb up his ass the whole goddamn time. He's the head of the Department of Transportation. He's a cabinet level member and head of Department of Transportation, and this was clearly a problem with railroads. And he's like basically said nothing the whole time. Like, are I you saw, kidding me? Saw a little clip of the mayor or the governor of Ohio. The clouds seem to have dissipated. Everything seems to be okay. Because <laughs> the hey, well, then you go live there. I mean, these are chemicals that are banned by the Geneva Convention that we're talking about here. Yeah. Like, it has to be so fucked up. The, the Geneva Convention's like, yeah, you can't. Those aren't okay. You can't have those chemicals. So I, I don't know. It's not here, thankfully, but it's not to say those things couldn't happen here. Um, in fact, we'll probably talk about the railroad quite a bit today because uh, had a big hand in our adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not go to Promontory Point. Oh, that's a good adventure, though. Promontory. Whatever. We should go there because that's like a waste of time, but we should go there. Well, and, don't, and, and that, that the like super crazy centennial thing or something is coming up to the some something celebration anyway yeah well, yeah is, we should we should uh, think idea. about that for an adventure and just go you visit see the look on Bruce's face it is the center of the united states by the way yeah I mean, we've gone over this extensively so uh, okay so we've had an adventuresome last couple of weeks um Last week's episode, if you couldn't figure it out, was pre-recorded um, based on our discussions <laughs> um, because we've had uh, a bit of a busy schedule here. Um, but um, we'll start with you, Jeremy, because I know that you've had um, some. The, the, you've had some ups and some downs. Some ups and some downs of twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. So, so 
Okay, so so IFA announced their they're not spring uh, the late late winter early spring chickens, which like they always do. This was two weeks ago, so uh, they come out on Thursdays. So I go to the store. So I I want to preface this by saying like probably like three to four weeks ago, I said to Jeremy, Jeremy. Egg prices are insane. There are going to be so many morons that go buy chickens for the first time. They're going to sell out really fast. And he's like, ah, it should be fine. I'm like, they're going to sell out <laughs> really fast. I promise because it's egg prices are astronomical and everyone and their dogs like, oh, yeah. I can raise chickens. That's easy. I'll raise some chickens in my backyard. So, okay, continue. Okay, so, so I get there. So two weeks ago, I get there on a Thursday. They have a sign out front that says limit 10. And I'm like, eh, well, okay. So there's your first clue, by the way, because they've never had that, right? No, there's never been a limit. And, and usually they get them and they're there for weeks. Like, oh, yeah. Like you could just go check them out. Like, like I used to take the dog to go Yeah, see take Phoebe over there to go sniff out the, the chicks going. So what, and normally what I would do is I would wait till kind of the end of the rotation to while they're like three or four weeks old and then they're giving them away for like three for a dollar. Also, they're more likely to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they've made it past it. So anyway, so I get there. I get my 10 and they're, they're already running out. So I send, uh, these guys a message. And I'm like, I got my chicks, but they're already like. And what did I say? Do you want me to go? Because when you got there, you were how many people deep anyway? Yeah, it was already pretty full. Yeah. And, and I said, if you want me to run to IFA, because I'm sure it's a per household limit. And he said, yeah, I said, I can go to IFA and I can, you just go down with me. We'll pick up 10 chicks under my name. I'll give them to you. I don't care. Cause I contemplated chickens myself. There's no fucking way I'm going to deal with chickens this year. I've got to successfully <laughs> do my garden first. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I think we'll be okay. Because uh, I've been talking you to Heather. Connections. She's like, well, and Heather's like, well, I'll go after work and I'll get, you know, and I'm like, okay. She got there after work. They were all gone. So come this just last Thursday, um, uh, Hannah's friend works there. And so she told us the night before they're going to do a raffle for the chickens. You have to get there when they open at eight. They're only giving away seventy seven zero numbers when they're gone. They're gone. So I get up seven fifteen. I got to the or I mean eight fifteen. I get to the store at eight fifteen. So it's only been open fifteen minutes. I'm already number forty three. So you should have got there before they open. You should have listened yeah. to Hannah's friend and gotten there at eight o'clock. Camped out. That's all right. Sorry. So so I'm like wow okay. And then they said come back at eleven uh, thirty to start lining up. We'll start giving them away or we'll start. Selling them. Selling them yeah. at noon. So I got there right around 1130. Stood there for my half an hour. Um, then I start calling out number one. Number two. Anyway, so on and so forth. So I'm 43, so I'm sitting like, holy crap. But what did you tell me? Because what did you tell me when you were seeing all these people ahead of you? So first of all, there's the long line, but then there's a whole second line of people waiting to see if there's anything left over. But stuff was already selling out. Yeah, but also and most people were only buying a few chickens, like two or three chickens, which is in the world of chickens, a dumbass thing to do. Unless they already have a huge brood and they're just supplementing, right. well, so, which I doubt. Yeah, so yeah, they're buying the pre-made coop. They're buying all the food, the lights, all the signs the, of the, their new chicken, the people. feeding, all of that kind of stuff. So they're spending a thousand dollars and then three chickens, they're buying like three or four chicks. <laughs> so anyway, so I got my second group of ten, and that's been. Oh, so the, the first group I've had for a couple of weeks, the second group just about a week. I've already lost four chicks, which, which is, is a little high on the mortality that's, that's, rate. Yeah, like usually you lose a couple, but that's one, pretty high. One, two, so I've lost four. So if you're one of those people that just bought four, 
and spent a thousand dollars on stuff. What if you lost two of those four? Yeah. So it's it's been so weird. Like even the employees there, I was talking to a couple of them while I was standing there, uh, and I'm like, "This is so weird." And they're like, "Yeah, it was bad for COVID, but this is way worse." It's because of the egg prices. Yeah. So so then on top of that, <clears throat> everyone thinks it's easy. Well, it isn't. It isn't. It's just like anything else. If if like with us, if you've already got the coop, if you've already got the process, everything is in place. Yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. But if you have nothing and you're starting from scratch, there's a lot. It's a lot of work that goes involved. Like there's a lot of investment. There is. And like you were telling, like we we kind of figured it up in the car on the way to the adventure. Actually, like we we went okay. Let's say you get what did we say? Three chickens. Yeah, if you did three chickens. And let's say those chickens produce three hundred eggs a year for you. For two years, mm-hmm. or did we say three? Maybe Something no. We like said two, two. We said years, two years. That's the average. So eighteen hundred eggs. Now keep in mind, they don't produce shit for six to nine months. Right. They just eat food and they're assholes for yep. six to nine months. So once they start producing, you get about two years out of them. So let's say it's eighteen hundred eggs. Right. Three chickens, three hundred eggs a year, two die. years each. Eighteen hundred eggs. It's a good number. It's a good good round number. So you get eighteen (laughs) hundred eggs over the course of two years. But like, what's the cost of a dozen eggs? And we we had figured it out. And I don't remember. You don't even break even. Yeah. What was the cost that we had said? Like six bucks a dozen. Let's we're being generous on how expensive the eggs are right now. So like, eighteen hundred is um, it was a hundred and fifty dozen. And then at six bucks a pop, you're talking nine hundred dollars to buy the eggs. But you just spent a thousand, at least a thousand on the gear, right? And then the feed over the, the course feed, of two and a half years, because once they get older, now it it it, it, it kind of dies off in the summer because there's more bugs, there's more table scraps, everything, so you don't co- go through quite as much. And they food. produce a lot more eggs in the summer. But in the winter time, they're going through a bag of food a week, and yeah. you're twenty dollars a bag. Well, when you have twenty chickens, they go through a <laughs> so, bag of food a week. So the whole point is, if you've got 20, give or take, chickens. It's worth your time. If you've got three or four or five... Jeremy's just waiting for you to get rid of them to him. And that'll happen, too. We'll we'll set up a a at hotdogwater.com email address where you can be like, I'm done. Well, I mean, and we we talked about that because it's six to nine months. So these people are going to work on these chickens from now... Until late fall, early winter. Yeah, September is the earliest I can start yeah. laying. So probably like September, October, November. So they're going to go all summer with no eggs, and they're going to be frustrated as shit by the time winter rolls around because they've been feeding these chickens for nine months, six to nine months, and then they're going to put them up on KSL. Yep, and I'll end up with all of them. Well, that's what happened for COVID. So the, the batch I have right now is what we've referred to as our COVID chickens. But same thing. There was a rush during COVID. All these people bought chickens. Later that year, we ended up with eight or nine, and then like the couple that your work well, they they, had, they bought that house with chickens included. Just, so yeah, <laughs> they didn't want them. So then the other thing is our bees. We lost our bees, and I think I mentioned no, that. No, we didn't talk about it because oh, that was oh, right, that was recent. They, so yeah. so um, two weekends ago, the weather was decent enough to open up the hive because right now is the ordering season, so if we can order them, so I opened up the hive. All of them were dead. They were all in there, which, I mean, they're dead, so that stinks. But they were all still in the hive, which means they weren't attacked. They didn't swarm and leave, but they were all dead. And in the very, very center, there was a whole bunch of them around the queen, all dead. But but anyway, yeah. so they did their job. However, like you mentioned, 
uh, Chris, when we went to the farmer's market last summer, that, that honey guy said, if you're getting them to, if you get them to last two seasons, you're, you're doing really amazing. good. Yeah. So even the professionals end up reordering most years. Yeah. So anyway, so that aside, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pull all this honey because I don't want wasps getting in here. I don't want anything. So we pulled the honey. Uh, I just let it set in the house and kind of warm up because it was cold. And then this weekend we harvested it all. And it is almost as dark as molasses. Yeah, that was really dark, that picture you sent. <laughs> I'd be interested to taste that honey in comparison, too. It's it's a deeper, richer... I don't know how to explain well, it. It's, I, mean, I it's, mean, the thing to keep in mind, too, is like that honey is mostly from like really late summer, early fall. So the types of stuff that they're getting... They're, it's not dandelion honey, right. which is like the spring. So our spring, spring honey that's a bright, bright... Like yeah, that's mostly dandelion. Clear. Stuff, yeah, this yeah. is dark, dark, dark. So, so this is like late blossoming fall squash, stuff, yeah. pumpkins. Ah, yeah, your your later fall blooming plants. So like rose bushes and stuff like that that, that bloom more than once in a season. Yeah, um, your fall flowers. Yeah. Tulips. Yeah. Tulips are in the spring, aren't they? Tulips in the spring. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. So it's it's, yeah, it's crazy. So it's been a crazy couple of weeks. But you got your chickens. You're already down four. You're going to try and get four more. Yeah. Well, so th- they have a, a a breed called Jersey Giants that we've never tried before, but uh, Hannah's friend who works there, and they were all FFA together and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So anyway, she's she was telling us about them. They get up to ten pounds. Gee, that's a big bird. That's bigger than my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's a big bird. <laughs> that's not bigger, bigger than, than Ebo was. Kenobi. So um, and she said they they produce bigger eggs. They're supposed to be hardier, so IFA gets them, but they won't be in for about two weeks. Oh, okay. So since I lost the four, I'm like, eh, I was going to get some anyway, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get four of those, the Jersey Giants, and we'll see. Can you happens. pre-order them? Unfortunately, they're that not doing See, any other year, yeah. Yeah, but now they're not doing it. They're you should get, like, six, up. just in case. Probably, just in case. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really crazy. The other thing we were talking about before we got on the air is because... Because they're probably pulling them much earlier. That's probably why you lost so many. So that's why I'm thinking, because they're in such high demand. I don't know the exact time, but I think they hatch and they have a day or two period before they ship yeah, they them. Yeah, they usually give them a couple days after hatching. make sure they're not just going to die. But I have a feeling like they hatch and they're on a plane. Yeah, they're or on a truck, probably. Or whatever, they're just because they're... Either. I mean, normally, like IFA gets the, the first batch they got, and that lasts three, four weeks a month, and then they get the second batch... Same thing, last three, four weeks. Well, a month. which also means you can't really, you can try to sex a chicken when they're really, really young. Ooh, you might have a rooster. That's what we were talking about. He might get one or two roosters out of this yeah. batch. And if you get two, that's you got to get rid of one of them. Because they'll just kill each other. But if you just get one, just keep it. Hopefully the neighbors won't bitch too much. Um, just take them eggs. That's yeah. usually, usually all you got to. It's you, not my chicken. Usually all you got to do if you end up with a rooster and you have not asshole neighbors is like the, you know, the people behind you, uh, just take them eggs and be like, Hey, here's some eggs. Take them eggs. Take them some honey. Yep. Here's, thanks for putting up with the bees and the chickens. Here you go. And they won't complain. Luckily, our, our backdoor neighbors, I was yeah. worried about that at first, but I, well, and you the guys ba- did your exactly that. Your practically have helicopters on their damn porch. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they have those big, huge fans, and the the lights are like right, but no, gig- like five million gigawatts of light. We took them eggs and honey when they yeah. first moved. That's in. a great Just way to said, hey, we have chickens, we have bees, but no, we haven't any issues. That's with great. Them, so. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and then uh, Bree had an eventful little bit here. Well, I'm first. I'm going to tell you about today because my hair stinks. 
I don't think it smells that bad. So I got a new <laughs> crimper thing just to kind of play with. And I was like, well, the only person that's going to see me today is Jeremy. So I was like, play with this. But I didn't stop to think about the fact that it's like this new Teflon thing. Uh, so I like did my hair and then I was like, oh, I smell like burnt hair. So, yeah, there's that. And then when was it? Tuesday? I don't Wednesday. know. This week. I came home. No, Wednesday, I think. It, yeah, I came home and I pull into the driveway. And as the garage is opening, I look at I look at Bree's car. Um, you should just put that down for a few minutes. I look at Bree's uh, I look at Bree's CRV and it's just like completely tilted to the driver's side and I'm like well, that doesn't look right so I pull in and I'm like oh she's got a fucking totally flat ass tire like completely flat that sucks so I I go upstairs and I tell her she's like what I'm like yeah and <laughs> I'm like I'll go she's like just call AAA well, it's funny because you know usually you say I have a flat tire and it's semi deflated and you're usually able to get to some place to inflate it. So when he said, you have a flat tire, I was like, oh, dang. Okay, well, I'll make sure I get somewhere. And he was like, no, like, you it's cannot on drive rim. on it. Yeah, it's, hang- but- it's sitting down on the rim there. But he had his nice clothes on, so I was like, well, just call AAA and make him come I'm change like, I'm it. I'm going to fucking like- call AAA. <laughs> it's in my garage. I'm going to change my clothes. I will back my car out. I'll be able to sit in the garage. If I want, I can have the damn door closed. And I'll change your tire. I'm not going to call AAA to come change a tire in my garage. I am. I haven't turned in my entire man card <laughs> and my ability to change a tire. It's a good practice, actually. And I remember how shitty car jacks are. Uh-huh. If you don't have a nice jack, like the actual car jacks that sit in the wheel, those are the worst fucking jacks ever. Yeah. It's like my truck. The one that comes with it, 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 all the way up, it doesn't even. Oh, reach. dude, that's so bad for trucks. You got to get the hydraulic jacks, the yeah, big like. That's what I've got. Ones. The whatever five ton, I don't yeah. know whatever it is. Yeah, because the one that comes with it, all the way up, it still doesn't even reach the yeah the uh, chassis. So. What's the, the point one? then? I don't know. They have to put one in it. Well, because because if the truck's not lifted at all, it probably does reach. But maybe most trucks end up getting some sort of lift on them. Um, yeah. So anyway. So anyway, yeah. So he. He put the spare on, and then I drove over to Discount Tire all by myself and got my t- my tire fixed. But they didn't put everything back in, so I didn't know this. I I back you know they back out of the bay, they pulled up for me. I pull up, I get in, I go out through the driveway, and all of a sudden, like it sounds like someone hit me. I I looked in my rearview mirror, totally expecting no. My speaker had tumbled over the thing. They hadn't <laughs> put the the wrench back in the. Everything's just that is one thing that I do uh, with any spare as I always put a star in there because just the shitty one that they put in the kit. It's not good enough. So I can deal with the jack for how infrequently you use it. But the star, just such a better tool. That's all it takes is strip one of those bolts on the tire and you're done. Yep. Great. Yeah. So anyway, that was all just like rolling around in the back of my car. So I call Chris. I'm like, if I don't make it home, it wasn't just like stuff, but it was just my. But they didn't put any of it back. They yeah. just like left it all hanging out. And you have something else too, don't you? Yeah, but it feels weird to say. Why? Put it on there. You put it on there. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did? Yeah, you wrote that. Oh, I passed my test. Woohoo! Yay! The, the, the test of certification. 
She yeah. got one more class. I got one more class, and then I'll have my next designation, and then I'm not getting any more. That is a ridiculously long process to get that five designation. Years. I was going to say, it feels like you've been doing these forever. It's not five years, right? It's five classes. But it's but you it's, have to do it within five years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to take more than two classes the way that they lay them out. Yeah. They usually don't offer all five. To get a raise or anything with passing um, it? Or? She will. Probably. I don't know. I guarantee she will. just put you in a better position. Oh. I guarantee she will because it puts her in a much better spot, like for other people to headhunt her. Right. And so far, her work has been amazing in terms of like, okay, you get this designation that we help get you through and get you paid for and everything. We're going to pay you for the designation because we don't want you to leave because it makes you more valuable. Every time they send us to conventions, he always is like, don't go anywhere. Like to like whoever he sends, don't don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't let someone take you. That they do a good look. That when when Bree first started at this company, one of the things that really excited her was their employees don't leave. Yeah, the longevity. The people. That's good. People are retiring from there. None of my employees ever leave. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just <laughs> you, buddy. It's just you. Heather stopped no, helping. None you of so your much. staff. None of your staff ever That's leaves. Terrible. Heather was unpaid. She was pissed. She had so enough. She's like, I'm getting a different job. Fuck her. I'm out. Garbage. <laughs> I even helped Jeremy a couple times. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you don't pay your IT guy either. <laughs> I pay my money. IT guy in the, eggs and hey, honey. <laughs> we have true barter. Like you print geeky true. shit for me. Sure, I print geek stuff. I yeah. page in honey and eggs. Like and, I, I took that huge map because I did. I show you when it was finished. Like it filled. You know that big like giant pages. Or? Yeah, you know that giant table of Josh's. Yeah. It was bigger than that. That's like awesome. when I was done putting it together, and uh, they're like. Like, Sean didn't realize that you printed our stuff a lot of times. And, I'm, and he's like, oh, do we need to, like, pay him for that? I'm like, I do. I pay him in IT work. Yep. <laughs> On occasion, I do things for him. And, and and I'm mediocre at figuring my IT problem. So when I have an IT problem, it's an ugly one. And it yeah. even takes you a while to figure some of them Dude, out. Dude, those fucking hard drives, I cannot, I still, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that. I, I just, it just blows my mind, man, <laughs> the hard drive being bad like that. Uh, to be fair, since I talked about my me passing my test, you got a two new designations in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about those. They're, yeah, but you still got them. Yeah, they're little baby designations. That Good job. Uh, it's, well, so, okay. So, I've talked about, have I talked about me going back to school? I think I have. Yeah. So I've, I, I've been Not going. specifically, but I think you've hinted at it a couple of times. I'm, I'm going back to school right now. I'm working on, uh, completing a bachelor's and, and I've already been accepted into the master's program. So I'll, I'll just basically go right from one to the other. Um, and like you have to have an advisor, um, at any higher level education thing. And I just got a, uh, AWS cloud practitioner certification, which, in the grand scheme of None things, none of us know what that means. You know, um, Amazon's cloud software stuff, like it's what half the world runs on, and it's actually a pretty decent designation, meaning that you know what exists on the Amazon platform. I thought the world ran on Intel, isn't that? Wasn't that their logo, uh, their yeah, slogan for a while? Has, has I thought they ran on Duncan. <laughs> yeah, that was another one. <laughs> 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 but um, so it's a, it, it is if you are especially if you're early in your career a really good designation to have, uh, and so my my uh, advisor sends me a message after she gets the notification that I got, and she's like, "Hey, you should put that on as a badge on your LinkedIn." I'm like, "I might get around to that. I don't really care." She's like, "Well, it'd be it's really great. Hiring managers really like to see that." And I said, "I haven't talked to a hiring manager 
in like 15 years. Like, I don't get hired by hiring managers. Does she know how old you are? I've had this discussion with her. I'm like, I don't get hired by hiring managers. I'm like, I'm doing this because I have been denied getting into the C-suite at companies simply because I don't have that piece of paper. It's like one of my favorite uh, Parks and Rec scenes where Ron goes to the hardware store and the kid comes up, hey, can I help you? And he looks at him, I know more than you. And he keeps walking. (laughs) So, yeah, so it's kind of like that. And I'm like, that's not why I'm doing this. And she's like, oh. And then she actually, like, looked at how fast I'm progressing. She's like, oh, yeah, you're fine. So, like, as an example, I completed a course in about two hours, maybe maybe four, somewhere between two and four hours of actual work. And I completed, like, a three-credit-hour course. Like most of these courses, I already know the material. Like I just from living life. Some of them are so basic that he's like, "Crap, I have to like remember the basic shit." Like, oh, fuck, A plus was so bad remembering like specific mm-hmm. speeds of specific cable types and connector types. I'm like, I, we've been talking a lot about this since he's been going through designations, and I'm going through designations, and I get like, there are some things that you should just know. You should just be able to say, but like, how often are you anywhere now where you can't look something up? Yeah. Type the whole calculator as a kid. You got to learn how to do it without a calculator because you're not always going to have a calculator with you. No, you're always going to fucking have a calculator with you. Yeah. Always. Always. <laughs> Rote memorization is not uh, that helpful. The calculator yeah. is more helpful. Yeah. Um, and now with like, you know, open AI and chat GPT, you can fucking do That's whatever right. you want. Uh, anyway. So enough about us. Um, I do want to talk about some events um, this weekend. I don't know if anyone that listens knows I'm a huge Real Salt Lake fan. We had no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first game for them for the season is up in Vancouver um, this weekend on the 25th. Um, and then we play Seattle the following week. And the home opener, which is the thing I really want to talk about, is on March 11th. It is also... Uh, the homebrew competition, the one of the supporter groups puts on always really great beers coming out of the homebrew competition. Section 26. Section 26 is one that do it. So the first home game of the season, this is the first year. So they did it at the end of the season last year. Um, they got it together, um, just cause COVID stuff stopped them for like a year and a half. They weren't able to do it, but they are doing it. So this is nice because everyone's known for you know, nine months or so that they're going to do this one. And so there's a lot of good beers that show up at this thing. It's a really fantastic way to try a bunch of, bunch of good home brews. Usually not too many bad ones. Um, there's usually nothing but good stuff. And, uh, RSL finally got a yellow kit. I'm super excited. I need to buy one. It was actually their, the first day they started selling it, they sold more kits in that day than any other kit launch in the history of the club. It's really cool. It's a very slight pattern of a honeycomb on it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then yellow. So, yeah. So I'm excited. I like the yellow stuff a lot every time they've done like training jerseys and stuff. That's cool. So, uh, and then our friends, Phil Kogan, who do our intro and outro music. Um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, which is like their busiest time of year for mm-hmm. shows. And um, so you have the 17th at Funkin' Dive, the 18th at Piper Down. They're doing Lighthouse Lounge on the 25th and the King Room on the 29th. That Piper Down on the 18th is going to be fucking absurd. Piper Down is always super busy that weekend because of, you know, amateurs. For those of <laughs> you who, you know, are have been waiting for someone to tell you, Lent begins on the 22nd of March. That Tuesday. That is uh, today. 
Fat Tuesday. No. March. That's March. I'm Every day is Fat Tuesday for me. Yeah. Taco Tuesday. I'm a fat, yeah. <laughs> fat Monday, Fat Tuesday, Fat Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, so I know Folk Hogan does our music, and so we love them and appreciate them for that. But honestly, 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 they are an amazing show. Oh, gosh. Their show's so much fun. They are awesome. They are fun. They're interactive. They're yelling into the crowd. People are yelling back and dancing. Let me tell you, we went to a show a few years ago before COVID. Like with these just guys. before COVID. Like, and um, were they putting out a new album? I can't remember what it yeah. was for. Yeah, it was their Behold. Oh, yeah, that, right. that's right. It was for Behold. And I, I'll never forget watching Nick is playing fucking slices his finger open huge, <laughs> grabs a pick, keeps playing, walks out into the crowd, like fucking climbs up on some tables in the back. It was great. It was awesome. Dude, like, sliced his finger open bad and just kept going. That was in March of 2020. Yeah, that was like, right. But literally like a week or two before, before yeah. the pandemic. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they were planning to go to Europe for the Battle of the Bands thing, and they didn't get it to go canceled. because of all that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it... Might have been the last show they played before COVID. I don't know, but it was right at that time. But such a great band. So much energy. So much fun. Yeah, they have a, a cult following. So, And I will say, um, Nick just got back from Europe with, I don't know, someone else. It wasn't the Infinite Sadness. No, he's got know? the new girl. That he's got an album with We're supposed else. to have on the show. Yeah. We just need to follow up with him, but yeah. He also makes a shit ton of buttons, um, and he just ordered a new button machine that can apparently do, like, industrial level, like, nice. tons of buttons. So, so those of you who have been on the show and have gotten a button from us or seen us out in the wild. Nick makes button, all our buttons. They've all come I don't. I don't mail them anymore because they, they rip envelopes open. Yeah. And they get returned a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the button doesn't. The yeah. envelope does, yeah. though. So, yeah, he's made our buttons for us in the past. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So, now we're going to get into it. Um, it is uh, the uh, last week of the month, and um, we go on an adventure. Uh, we've been doing this, well, for a year plus now. Um, we like to do something that you can do in Utah so we can experience and, and let you know how to experience the cool shit that Utah has to offer. One of the cool things that we, we have to offer, this was actually a really good time to go, is our Capitol building. Um, so up on Capitol Hill, which is not the original name, we'll talk about that, yep. um, is the Utah State Capitol. I'm just a bit. Yes, I'm only a bit. <laughs> yeah, kids these days have no idea what that is. And it is somewhat unique in that uh, all three branches of government use the Capitol building. Um, so you have the Supreme Court that meets there, you know, at least once a year, a couple times a Twice. year. Um, you have the Senate chambers, you have the House chambers, all their committee rooms. You also have the governor's office in, in Capitol Hill. And this time of year is really busy on the Hill because we're in session. Our legislature runs for s nine, nine weeks. I don't know. You could use your words, but you forty five days. Eating. So <laughs> that's about nine weeks. I was just trying to help you along. Yeah. Last um, time you told me I couldn't eat, you talked through the whole time and I had my pretzel completely <laughs> swallowed. So, uh, but yeah, like eight or nine weeks, um, the session's got a, a couple more left. I think mid March is when they wrap up. Yeah. Um, so when but, they close the doors and then undo everything the people did and yeah, 
They've been doing that the whole time. Don't worry. They they already know what they're going to do yeah. early on. Uh, and uh, When we were up there, we got to hear them talking about the, uh, the abortion the, the big clinic abortion bill. One. The abortion clinic bill. That's yeah. right. That was on the floor for discussion. So that's um, not why we went there. No, but it was just good but, timing because the Capitol, mm-hmm. while it's only in session about three months out of the year, and sometimes there's special sessions like you're called, um, it is open to the public all year round. Um, and it's really quite beautiful from an architectural standpoint. It's amazing. So if you are going to go, um, I think they do walk-ins during business hours. Yep. But if you've got a group, uh, much better to call ahead and plan it. So and- there's a website and you just fill it out. And then uh, like a live person <clears throat> gets back to you. So if you're going to do it, ask for Alexis specifically. <laughs> well, I yeah. don't know that she normally does. So yeah. she's like the docent coordinator. And I think because I was telling her what we did and who you guys are, and I pr- proved myself right because I'm like, they're basically know-it-all. So <laughs> like, we need somebody that actually knows it all or know we're going to run into a problem. <laughs> um, so she was actually, she's actually the coordinator. She's actually a paid she employee. She is the director of volunteers. Does not usually give the tours. I mean, she does here and there, but. She was awesome. You can still ask for her. Just don't be disappointed if you don't get her. She put up with all of our garbage and was. <laughs> it wasn't garbage. We we were we were asking and telling a bunch of. We just happened to know stuff. a lot a lot of stuff about I don't know. our our. Apparently, when you do a podcast about the state of Utah for six <laughs> years, which is where we're at now, the six year anniversary is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Apparently, you learn a few things about the state you live well, in. Well, not only that, but like we've got Jeremy sitting over here and we're literally going to a building to look at a building when we have an architect on the show. Yeah. So <laughs> that's going to be a an thing. Ar- an architect who got his degree in the state of Utah. Right. In Happy Salt Lake City. Yeah. And <laughs> and both of you away. are huge like his- history guy. Like you remember the dates and you remember like things that happened. So it- it's you're you're bound to have some random facts in your head. Like even I have random facts about the state capitol in my head. So you know, it it was fun. I thought it was fun to like challenge ourselves to know stuff before she was able to tell her yeah. stuff. So I gotta ask, where are you gonna start your history? Because I was I, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I'm curious where you're gonna start your history. So I'm starting. Well, I'm gonna just briefly hit on 1847 and move forward from there. Okay. Okay. So let's let's. Say, I'm gonna because we have kind of talked a little bit about this before. So uh, in, in doing my research, I remembered specifically talking about a couple of key points mm-hmm. quite a few years ago, and I'm like, we talked about. We did talk about a little bit of a it, few things. It's fine to refresh everyone. So, so we'll refresh, and then a the couple of things that I re- remember talking about from last time, I will bring up again because they still, they're yeah, still they're still funny. Good. So, uh, when the pioneers come into to the Great Basin in 1847. That's kind of when, when our little story begins. It was originally called the State of Deseret. That was the original proposition the, that the U.S. So in 1849, after being here for a couple of years, um, Brigham Young had appealed to the Congress to get statehood. State of Deseret as a state. And they said, go fuck off. Yep. So, <laughs> so the State of Deseret uh, was almost all of Utah. Most of Nevada, parts of California, Arizona, Idaho, Colorado, it and was Wyoming. Humongous. And, and the US government said, Go fuck yourself. Wyoming. To, to making that all one state. <laughs> so it was also referred to amongst the members as the Great Basin Empire. 
That's what the church called it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is all in a giant basin. So, so yeah, su- shut down. Um, 1850, they create the territory of Utah, and we talked about that in depth when Johnson's yep. army comes in. They say, okay. The, the War of Utah. Yeah. They say, okay, we're bringing in our governor. We're bringing in our territory people. If you play by these rules, it's a possibility. So anyway, all of that kind of transpires. Uh, so, so around that time, 1850s, they decide to make Millard County. And specifically Fillmore. Yep. The center, because it is. They wanted to make that the capital of the state because yeah. it's centrally located. It is centrally located. And at the time, the state was new and they had already set up some 250 communities throughout the state of Utah. So they wanted it to be centralized. So the, they start building the, the, the film, uh, in Fillmore City, the Fillmore Capitol building is which what it was is original. Well, called. that's what it was called the Utah Territorial State House. State House in 1855. Uh, it was designed to be similar to what the Capitol is now, but they only got one wing, a little, rectangle it's just basically a box wing that's all they actually got made uh, and i've been to it and i and i talked about it, it was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. I, I went down there took pictures and we talked about it briefly it is cool you can go check it out it's, it's still there and they they spent at the time 20 grand which is about half a million dollars in today's money right to get the first wing open and so that was the place where they could actually meet and what was it the fifth legislative assembly actually met there and that was in 1855, yep. and that was the only time we had a full legislative meeting in that building. In that building. <laughs> the first and only complete session in Fillmore. Basically, what happened We're usually is, so much better with our money. Right. Well, I mean, what happened is, we'll actually talk about that uh, coming up as well, I'm guessing. But what happened is, is in 1855, they have that, that you know, legislative meeting, and then when they go to do it the next year... Basically, all of the legislature legislators were like, this town sucks. There's no services. Right. There's no place to stay. We have to drive. Drive. We have to fucking take a horse a really fucking long way to get Our here. A wagon. I promise you, none of them said the F word. They were almost all Mormon, assuredly, back oh, in the 1850s. I bet that they did. Um, I don't Actually. know. I don't know if they said fucking a lot in the 1850s. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent I, was. Yeah. I guarantee you. People don't realize historically how much people swore and did. There was like Jay Golden Kimball, the the Mormon known for his horrible horrible yeah. language. But so they so they basically they said this yeah, isn't working this is for us. Working. We're going to Salt Lake. So not that it, not that it helps you listeners, but I've got a picture of what it was supposed to look like. Yeah, and it was supposed no, to be, it actually look like. Yeah, it was it was a nice cool. Looking it building. would have been beautiful, but they only they only made one wing. So all it was, it, it's just I mean. Looks it kind of like, looks like a bank or a hotel. It, from it's the, just like a it's, small building. It's still there. So some um, of the um, like the old churches and stuff look better than yeah. it looks. <laughs> so. So, yeah, in 1856, they said this ain't happening. Fillmore, we're not doing it here. <laughs> we're going to Salt Lake City and Salt Lake City has forever been. It was made the capital that right. year and it has been the capital since. So then in 1866, they built uh, City Hall. And it was located originally at 110 South State Street. And it was actually moved a couple of times. Yeah. The building itself is now directly across the street from the Capitol. 
and it's that uh, Utah tourist, yeah, that, like tourist center thing, center where you can go see all the things. But just, but that is the which original is, building, which has been moved up to there, basically. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. I think I think that's the third time yeah. it got moved. Um, but they built that, so that was the Salt Lake City Council building, right? Uh, and that's what we used for a capital for a while, for quite a few years. So it was in uh, on February twenty eighth, eighteen eighty eight. Hubert J. Grant and a group, a group of local businessmen uh, proposed that Salt Lake City donate 20 acres of land to the state for a state capital. Which was at the time called what? Arsenal Hill. <laughs> <laughs> because they stored a bunch of munitions right, there, Because when, when the military came in and they set up uh, Camp Williams, they set up uh, Fort, Douglas. Fort Douglas, they set up uh, Johnson's Camp, that was where they kept the munitions because... It overlooks the entire valley, mm-hmm. and it was a strategic place from a military standpoint at the time. Should something go down, they've got a complete look at the valley on one side, bountiful on the other side. And so, mountains behind them. Yeah, so. and, not, and you can't, and those mountains are ugly to try to get up and around, so a strategic place. So that's where they kept the armament. So it was Arsenal Hill. Yeah, now known as Capitol Hill. Now known as Capitol Hill. So, but they, they just gave the land away. Um I want to say that it was like $9.75 is what they, or no, yeah. $19, something like that, is what they wrote it up for. <laughs> yeah, but basically Salt Lake City donated, donated the land it. for the capital. Right. Um, and then there was a uh, commission uh, created to right. design a, a, a capital building. So, so this is the part we talked about before. So the original architect that they hired, F.F. F. Myers of Detroit, Michigan, he had designed the Capitol building F-F, in Missouri. E-E. What's that? Elijah. Elijah E. Myers was the original one. F.F. F. Myers of Detroit? Yeah, but it's Elijah E. I don't know why it says F.F. Mine says F.F. It doesn't matter. Same guy. Uh, so they, 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 they hire him to come up with a proposal. And like I said, he had designed the Missouri D. Capitol, Texas Capitol, and Colorado Capitol. So and, he, and Michigan too. And, yeah. yeah and, and so he knew what he was doing, but he comes in, uh, and his, his estimate is a million dollars to build the Capitol building, and they tell him, no, that's too expensive. Yeah, which in in twenty twenty one dollars that's about $27.928 million. Which for a Capitol building, even now, that's not bad. So we'll come back to that. Remember that number. We'll come back to that's that. That's a really important number. That million dollar number. And this is in 1891 is yeah. when this proposal was rejected. So in the meantime... They still don't have statehood. They're struggling with all of that. They finally get statehood. So that all gets shelved. 1896, we get granted statehood. Right. And we get we get a flag change that year. So this is important because we actually have the original flag. In the Capitol. Yeah, in the Capitol. They have, that. they have on display the original 45-star flag that was presented um, to the state of Utah when it became a state because – we at that point in our history in America, we were we were adding a lot of states fast. Uh, like a lot of the West was was getting territories and then statehoods, and sometimes it was so fast that this, the flag didn't change. It happened to change when Utah got its statehood. Yeah. So we've got an original version of that forty five yep. star flag on the wall. Capital. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, let's see, fourth of January eighteen ninety six, Utah is actually given statehood. Uh, however, it isn't until 1907 that they put together the proposal and start putting together legislature to create the building. Um, and they go through a number of failed attempts, failed bills, um, trying to 
to get the money for it. That was the big thing up front is coming up with the money for it. Oh, go ahead. Did you have something to add nope. to that? So, so, um, they did a number of, uh, loans, bonds. They, they had proposed a, a property tax. Yeah. Um, Utah's always been cheap, guys. Very cheap. Um, and this is, this is Governor William Spry that's driving a lot of this. So, the, the, the weirdest thing, and I, I, we probably talked about this, but I, I had forgotten this part. So, uh, a very wealthy man in Utah at the time. Oh, yeah, we did talk about him. Um, but I, say, I want to take a step back, back up just a hair. Okay, so, because in 1911, so this is, this is before this gentleman passed, um, or right All around the time. the time that he passed. But in 1911, the, the legislature did authorize, so there was a bill for 1.3 million, um, which is actually worth a little bit less, 27.7 million in, in our day, day's dollars, um, in bonds was presented to them and they actually passed it, but they reduced that number back down to a million. So the same number as what they had said no to several years earlier. Um, so in 1891, <laughs> so in 1911, so this is 20 years later, they say, we're not doing 1.3, we're doing 1 million. So they're still being cheap, which by that point in time, 20 years, like in today's money, it had already lost like $6 million in value overall. So that was quite a bit less than the original number, but it was the same number. That's important. Okay. So now we jump to the president of the Union Pacific Railroad, who when the, the Union Pacific Railroad was in Utah, he was obviously a huge part of that. He also put a $3.5 million investment into the trolley car system in Salt Lake, uh, which is now Trolley Square. It was, that was the original place where like all the, of, the station. And there's still, like, you can, the, is it the S line that runs on the old trolley lines? I, don't I think it's the S line. There, there is a line on, of tracks that uses the old trolley system. And I think it was the S line. Oh. So, so his, his name just happens to be Mr. Harriman, Edward Harriman. Thus, the city Harriman, Utah that we've talked about. Even before. though it's spelled differently, right? It is. Because his it, was a HA, right? Yep, his is H A R, but it's that, that was who he, what's what Harriman City's named after is him. So, uh, when he died, it turns out that somebody figured out, uh, the whole, or what do they call it? The inheritance tax. So this was back before the days where millionaires would put their money in other places and write it off and make it look like they had nothing on paper. But because that didn't exist, uh, Utah got an inheritance tax of 10% of his five. Was a five percent, five percent of his wealth because he had done so much business in Utah. So his wife wrote out a check for seven hundred ninety-eight thousand five hundred and forty-six dollars to the state of Utah. Oh, nice. I remember, I remember talking about this before. When? Yeah. Did, what year was this? This was in nineteen eleven as well. Yep. So she wrote that check in March of nineteen eleven. So I got to tell you this: when we were visiting my dad at Christmas time this year, he was talking about his dad and. Although he's not in the greatest of health, he's pretty good still with his numbers and dates. Um, and I, I didn't realize this, but his dad was born in like 1887 or 1893 or something mm. like that. So literally while this is happening, my grandfather, not my great grandfather, but my grandfather was like a little boy. Would have been part of this. Yeah. So I, I actually have a copy of the check. That's really cool. March 1st, 19th, 10. And, and this is an interesting thing. So the, a lot of the history is not super clear on the timing, but my guess is that bond initiative of a million dollars that they finally managed to get passed 
it's not a coincidence this check came to us for 800000 Right. The state of Utah has always been a very conservative fiscal state, uh, and this is one of the ways that we were that conservative. So, so this check pushed him into the... Uh, Push them into being able to take out the loan, get the approval from uh, the federal government to start to start working on it. So now I've got a little bit as far as the architect and construction. Yeah, so they, they put together a commission and say, okay, well, fuck the guy that asked us 20 years ago. Um, we, you got, I think they said that basically you had to stay under $2 million. Now it's $2 million, so it's doubled. <laughs> so it is doubled at this point, but that's because they have the $1 million bond the eight hundred thousand dollars. They say you got to stay under two million dollars, which forty two and a half million, roughly today's dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some stuff like number of floors, square footage, stuff right. like that to keep it in that. And they send it out across the country to architectural firms. So I started out with twenty four for those RFPs. So I had twenty four initial firms that came back uh, wanting to put th- together the bid, but after finding further that there was a re- a reduced limit to what they would be able to make. So what they were saying is they're limiting the architects on what they could make. That number dropped down to 12, I think. <laughs> yeah, and by the by the end, by like January of that next year, they were the, at five. Down to five? Because, I mean, it, it's the way it goes. You tell them all, I want, and I get this too. I want, I want this and I want that and I want that, but I'm only paying this amount for it. So you could see why that would happen. So it, it gets, uh, it gets uh, down to K.A. Cletting Richard K. A. Cletting and Young and Sons, both uh, Salt Lake architects, and Cletting ends up winning the the bid, and it was he, they won it four to three. Yeah, so it was a split decision to go with Cletting. So four to three. So um, as we talked about during our uh, tour, they sent him all over the place, all over the United States, uh, the Eastern United States, to look at other things. Uh, specifically the Kentucky State Capitol, because ours is very similar to that. He also went to New York. He went to a number, he number went to of DC. places yeah. to, to take a look at them. Uh, so December 19th, 1912, J.P. Morgan was awarded the contract for excavation, and that began December 26, 1912. So that's kind of when we started breaking ground for the Capitol. Um, so, so it's funny. Um, Let's see. At the time, the level, let's see, what was it? The level, when they started excavation, uh, what was it? The level that they start of, started at on the front was where the fourth floor was. That's how much dirt they had to take down from the front. And then it cascades kind of into the hill. Yep. Um, and what they did is they actually built a, a, a train system, a dinky chain as it's called, and they took the dirt and they dumped it in, where did they dump it? By City Creek. Yep. And then they also built a, a small train coming out of the, the canyons. The canyons. The, the train ground. just like they had done for the temple. Yep. What they did for the cathedral. To be able to get the granite and everything out of that. Um, and it's interesting because they, so they get the foundation poured. And this is where, you know, our capital is pretty old, but going with, uh, cladding was a big deal because he started doing stuff when he started building the actual building that was not commonplace at the time. He actually put rebar. And he had electricity. 
and elevators were a part of the original plan. They were not retrofitted yep. for our capital. There were there are some that were retrofitted, Whoa. but there were two original main elevators. Yep, and they put steel in, which nobody had done. Steel in the foundation, yeah. uh, uh, on the concrete, which which is. I mean, today it's still there. You're, we were able to actually yeah. see some of that. Yeah, it's it's much much less than what you'd see. Yeah, not today. even close to it. So if you do go on a tour, but like you said, more than in our driveway, more than, <laughs> So you would not be able to see this without going on a tour. By yes. the way, uh, because it's behind um, badged uh, access doors. But if you go on a tour um, and ask to go see, we'll talk about this a little bit. But if you ask to go see uh, the earthquake area, mm-hmm. um, they'll take you down in the tunnels between the different office buildings and show you a viewing window, uh, and they can a- you can actually see the rebar reinforced concrete, the original rebar mm-hmm. reinforced concrete in through those windows is really cool. I think she was saying it's one of the only places that has like these viewing windows where we you can actually see yeah. the retrofitting that they've done. They have it lit so they, they can turn on lights and you can look in there and see. And then because it is glass, they have special doors that come down oh, if yeah. there were to be a, an, an earthquake. earthquake. Which is weird because when I knew we were going to go see the earthquake, all the ones I've ever seen, you go down into the basement. Yeah, you actually So see I was it, thinking like. we were going down to like the basement and then we're walking through this nice hallway and she's like, okay, here we are. So I was. Yeah, she's like, she turns this knob and she's yeah. like, okay. And I'm, Holy shit. Like, so that's right there. Yeah, I thought we were going to go down another level. So last little bit of history and then we'll start talking about our actual tour. Uh, they added the cornerstone April 4th, 1914. And that cornerstone is in the Capitol now because when they did the, the retro upgrades between 2004, 2008, they actually unearthed it. So you can see it. So you can see it. You can see what's inside of it. And then they put a new one back in the cornerstone to be opened. I but it was, know. it wasn't put in until COVID because they put masks and oh, that's right. that's stuff right. in it. So they, they put it in, I think it was in 2020. All oh, the time capsule. Yeah. The time capsule. But you can see the original one. It's there. With uh, newspaper articles, it had like some business cards that we were kind of laughing at. Like all, all these business cards, just like even from back then, they just threw their business cards in this this can. So, uh, so that's kind of a little bit of the history. Uh, th- there's obviously a ton more. We just barely scratched well, the surface. So, but. there's a couple of other major events that happen that I think are worth talking about. So, the, you know, the Capitol at this point now is over a hundred years old. You know, it was completed in 1916 officially, um, and we've had a few big renovations. So um, there was one in the 60s, right? Yes. So we talked about that during our tour. The 60s is when they did all the horrible things. They, no one should have renovated in the 60s. They, they painted over things that never should have been painted over. They, they, they boarded things up. They, they yeah. put terracotta tiles in so, with granite. There. 550 original windows uh, had been replaced with aluminum trimmed ones in the 60s. Which uh, I I will agree with that from the standpoint of insulation and everything else. However, those original cool uh, windows are amazing. It's too bad they couldn't do something. But I get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they did a lot of ugly things in the 60s. It's not like aluminum windows are all that great for insulation either. No. But the, like the big one is the, the, the knob and tube wiring. Yeah, they they got rid of that. That's when they put in all of the exterior lighting that you see now, and then like in the dome, they put in all of that lighting. Yeah, they they also did the cathodic protection system in the dome because the dome our dome is topped in copper. Yeah, we have a copper top dome, and it would be green except for they've put in they put in a system in the '60s to try and keep it copper. Well, and 
that, colored. That, colored. that roof was notoriously leaky. Yeah. 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 It was, Which, it leaked. It had, it had even ruined a couple of the murals that they had to fix during the renovation. Which, in my opinion, but nobody asked it in the 60s, mostly because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't Because you weren't there. there. I think they should have kept it real copper and let it patina. I, I agree. I think the patina I think the patina amazing. is cool. Anybody that knows anything about architecture and buildings and would see that patina and know how amazing that was. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, and it would look cool. It would be a very Utah-esque feature that no other capital. It would look like the Statue of Liberty. Well, yeah. and, and no other capital would let their their dome patina like that. Like yeah. a lot of them are gold flaked even. Right. Uh, ours is, ours is, is copper. copper. And a lot of patina, yeah, like you said, it, it, it gets that greenish color and different copper and different climates patinas differently. It, it can have browns, it can have yellows, it can have greens, but in my opinion, they should have let it patinaed because that would have been amazing. But anyway. So back in 04, um, the capital went, underwent a massive renovation, actually. Um, the biggest thing that they did is they installed the base isolation system yep. underneath the capital because had the capital experienced any kind of decent sized earthquake, it would have taken a ton of damage. Um, in fact, the earthquake that we had at the beginning of COVID probably would have done a lot of damage had they not done these upgrades, uh, to the building. So that was the biggest part yep. of of the upgrade they did in 04 but in 04 they also did a bunch of restoration work um like so one of the things that i wasn't aware of but if you look at the dome on the inside of the capitol there's a mural of the sky with a bunch of seagulls oh yeah well and apparently what had happened over the years is different artists had got up there and just painted their own shit they, well they, as had, they went no they had let people add seagulls but they didn't to all, the seagulls, but they but weren't all the same kind of seagull. You had a Jackson Pollock seagull yeah. that was all <laughs> weird, and you had like an, one the size of an albatross because it was... And yeah, so it was in 2004, like, they actually had someone come in and identify which were the original ones and remove all the others, and so it is now that original uh -huh. look again, and they restored all of that painting. And then the, the pastels, which you think pastels, you think 80s. No, no, no. The Those original pastels original, yeah. were from the late 18th. But, she did tell us in 04 when they were doing those renovations, they found seven to ten layers of paint, yeah. depending on which area they Just were in. Just light over everything. Just repainting over top and of And then uh, the pillars. People who paint hinges should just be shot. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. So inside the Capitol, this is worth noting, there are 24 pillars. Six. There's uh, 24 columns. Solid marble columns. And they're 24 and a half feet tall. Yeah, and and uh, we got them all out of the same place in Italy as all the rest of the marble in the place. How on earth they got them across the ocean? They just <sighs> stuck them on boats, and well, the the ocean I can kind of get without cracking, without breaking. But like the ocean, I get like at least like water is a little more forgiving than than I mean, when they throw them on the damn wagons. wagons. But, like yeah, like getting them here back in the the early 1900s. And they were they were just kind of pushed in place, and so they hollowed out. Yep. They didn't hollow them all the way out, but they drilled, they drilled holes so they rebar, could put reinforcement in them, and and actually anchor them down because right. they weren't anchored to anything. And the balcony was just kind of sitting on it. And then they yeah. took all of those rosettes that would just fall down and knock you out, or you yeah, know, because they were well, kill you. Alexis had said they were kind of glued on. They were just kind of they pinned were, yeah. on, and now they're so, all now they're drilled some marble and, rosettes yeah. just glued well, on. And she had a really cool story about the chandelier that hangs in the center. So 
apparently, is it, was it Kentucky too? Was that who else had it? Somebody else has this exact same light. I want to say Alexis, I'm sorry. I think it was Kentucky. But anyway. Correct us if we're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So, so the, the light that's hanging there, the, the covers on the lights are actually original. They are not original to our state, however. So when we, uh, when we were redoing this light, there were a lot of broken ones and somebody else, whoever else, we're going to stick with Kentucky. So they were, they were also redoing their capital. And these are like lead. Yeah. It's lead, leaded glass. And so we asked if we could have theirs and they gave us all of their light covers and then they redid theirs in like a blue glass or yeah, something. Yeah, they redid theirs with a more modern. So material. it's all original. Like how amazing is that? Yeah. I'll, tons of most of the Capitol building is original. Yep. And so unless we can get into talking about the Capitol a little bit more now. So the, the Capitol building itself is the southeasternmost building. Uh, on Capitol Hill. There are t- currently two other office buildings, um, one to the north of it directly, um, kind of northeast-ish, mm-hmm. uh, and one to the west of it, I believe. And then they are right now building, they have torn down and they are building another one north, north northwest. Yeah. Um, and there's like a big like courtyard in between them all right. with, with by the way, which is where you will find the, the, the statue of um, Martha um, Hughes, Hughes cannon. cannon that is the, perm- sta- the permanent one for Utah. The other one's still in the Capitol on display inside until they get it up to D.C. because of COVID. It's the whole thing. But and anyway. Old Philo is, I think, going to Idaho. Yeah, something well, like that. And I will tell you, because I've seen those statues in D.C., at the Capitol in D.C., this Martha Hughes Cannon statue is much bigger. She it's, looks like she it's has much more, real eyeballs in her head. She's very detailed. It's much more commanding than most of the others that well, I've seen in DC. Alexis told us that the, the gentleman who created it went down to BYU to their costume department and had an actual costume made. Yeah, cost him a lot more than he was planning, he said. So so he had an act the actual dress as he was carving to, to go off of. So I mean the the level of detail is is amazing. It's an absolutely magnificent statue. I will be very very proud to have that in yeah. in our capital. So and luckily we do have a permanent one. Yes, out the in the courtyard, outside, which is really cool. Yes. So when you walk into the capital from the from the visitors parking the lot. east side, the visitors parking lot side, it's. I mean, the Capitol is just open. You just walk in. It's immense. It's huge During the inside. legislative session, you do have a little a little pass through of, you know, run your stuff there's a ba- through. There's a bag, a bag check. check. Normally, that's not there. Yeah, but anytime it's in session. Also, anytime it's in session, it is crawling with UHP. <laughs> there was so there many, are so many well, cops. Well, they even have an office there that they use. They were all pretty cool, though. They thought we were ghost investors. And they are the normal. But... Yeah, they are normally there. Like, there's always, you know, right. highway patrol Presence. there. But during the session, because Every. all of the legislatures and the the governor and the, they were like, everywhere yeah. and in every room and yeah. in the hall yeah. and like, and it's it, it, it's important so that they they have a lot more police officers there and there was like two session. protesters sitting on a bench there, were, there were four protesters out front raving the global cold, warming something telling us yeah. to ignore global warming and, and put our money, money better yeah, yeah. I don't know. um but so yeah I, if you wa- if you park in the visitors parking and walk in through the east doors 
that's where you're going to run into the the visitor, desk. the visitor's desk where you can pick up either an audio uh, tape thing. I don't know. We didn't use that, so I don't know exactly what it is. Where you walk around where it's self-guided or where you would meet whoever is going to do your live That's where you'll ask for Alexis and say that the new Utah podcast recommends That, that is messed up, dude. She does not <laughs> want to give. So she did say most of the tours that they give are actually fourth grade. She said yeah. that is that tends to be the, the year that they come in. Well, is and that they, the year when you learn all of like the counties? And I have no idea. All of the I didn't stuff. Grow up here. Is that, yeah, so That's when we learned our state the song. The states and, and all that. So that makes sense. I learned my state song in kindergarten. Deep, Deep in, in the heart of Texas. Texas. In kindergarten. Yep, kindergarten. Everybody knows And that I wasn't song. meaning. Are we saying that shit at assemblies? I don't mean everything. the Utah state song. I mean the song that tells you all of the states. Oh. No, I, I, I meant. Arizona, Arkansas, that one. California, Texas Colorado, got Connecticut. <laughs> Wyoming does not give a fuck about a state song. So, so uh, you also walk into, you come out into the rotunda so you can look up, you can well, see. Well, you don't walk, actually. No, you're on the first floor. You walk floor in and you're on the first floor. In. So you're actually under and i've got a really cool picture of it you come in and around that center area they have a seal for every one of the counties and you are underneath the rotunda so you look up through the glass yeah. floor so you see the state seal in the center mm -hmm. you have like she said the seals for all the counties it's kind of cool it's in order of when the counties were yep. formed uh and it's just a picture of the state with the county on it and then the the year it was it was formed or or created. Well, it's it's kind of cool because it's the state and you can see all of the county lines yeah, in it if you look close. Like and there's like a little sort of highlighted on it. I took a picture of Salt Lake counties. Um, and then also inside of that same uh under under the rotunda there, uh, the walls are lined with pictures, portraits of every governor of the state, except. Who wasn't on the who's on the outside? Herbert. Chris? Herbert. Yeah, but, but that's too damn big. Well, they're out of they're out of no. spots. So they had six they have sixteen <laughs> portraits on the inside. Um and Herbert's the first one that's and Herbert's on the, the first but, and his is also the biggest. Yeah, By a long it shot. is humongous compared to the others. And but they they all get to pick how they want it to be portrayed. And his looks like realistic. Yeah. Well, his looks like a photo. Yeah. Like he didn't want a painting. He wanted a, a lifelike photo-esque thing. It's still a painting. Um, and, uh, Governor Cox, of course, is not up there yet because he's, it's when you, yeah, it's when you retire governor. or leave office. Yeah. So he's, he's not the governor yet, but, um, so you can see the kind of the history of our governors and the, the, I think the portraits actually do capture their personality pretty well. Like Huntsman. Especially Huntsman. Huntsman is not wearing a jacket or a tie. Or did I, he have a tie that was loose? I don't think he has a tie. Nope. Yeah, I, I think, think he's just got he's a collar. He's in his shirt open, sleeves with his, with his next sleeves to his rolled desk. up. Yeah. Like he probably would have been in shorts. I should have taken a picture. Been. I just took a picture of Olene because she's our only female. Yeah. With her book. And then um, I did notice when we were in there, there was one of them holding a set of plans. I'm guessing mm -hmm. that, that had to do maybe, with, yeah, yeah. I, it was kind of on the other side, but yeah, so each, each governor gets to kind of pick what their thing was. And also down there, you see, uh, the lighting. So yeah, the, the crosses between, so the, the glasses there from the rotunda above, and then the ribs are all original. Well, they're not original lights. They replaced them with Edison lookalikes, but you know, that was all lit up. Originally. So what she was telling us is there were never covers on those lights. It's not, they're not naked because we, you know, we're clumsy and people are ramming ladders into and broke them. Um, like I mentioned before, 
our capital was designed to originally have electricity. It wasn't retrofitted for electricity and not a lot of people had it. And so one of the things that people like to look at when they when they came in, they liked yeah. to look at the light bulbs. It was one of the first buildings in Utah with light, with electric light. So yeah, people would come all around just to see the light bulbs. Yeah. Well, and the building was designed with a lot of natural light as well. So we'll talk about this as we move up in the building. Just but, like we were just talking about the the ceiling the of glass. The, the main floor. The floor is glass because the architect wanted the light from above to be able come, to come through. In. And the stair risers are not solid so that the light can come through the windows. So, and then you'll see your, your, one of your two main original elevators, and they've kept the elevators the same. They fixed the inner workings. Right. Inner, it's all, yeah, but the actual, the box, original box cars, and cage is all, all original. Um, and then, like, as you walk, continue to walk straight down that hall through the rotunda, there's actually some display cases, um, that don't change a whole lot, apparently. Did you just skip to the second floor? No, that's on the first floor. No, it's not. Yeah. It's oh, the yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because we right. went up. You're and right. Came we back went down. up and came back down. But as you go to the far end of that, there's several display cases, which are uh, displays of important Utah history things. So all the movies has like a bunch of movies that were filmed here has like a really cool kind of diorama. It's all got, the different state flags. Yeah. It's got yeah. a little section about the Capitol building itself and its construction. And then, yeah, the, the different flags. There's, there's a, a specific thing on mining. The B section um, was cool. There's a yeah, beehive thing. And she said, you know, they one of the games they play is, oh, so the marble in the building, they have um, bookend cuts. And so they sliced it down the middle. It looked like Rorschach. Yeah. And so she said one of the things that they do is they have kids look to see if they can see faces and characters in the marble. And she pointed out a whole bunch. Throughout. Mostly Star Wars and um, Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Uh, and and I saw Stewie. I thought it looked like Stewie. She said another thing that, that she does is have them identify all the beehives they see throughout the Capitol. Because it's – they're, they're very um, subtle, but they're all over the place. Yeah. The railing. I got a picture of the, sh the shield on the railing with the beehive. There's beehives like up in the – the, the stonework up at the ceiling, they're everywhere. So there's some really cool stuff. One thing she did tell us is when the new office building is complete, it will actually contain a museum uh, as well for some of the history. Better than the Leonardo. Because a lot of the stuff that yeah, – that's not even going to be hard. Because a lot of the stuff that they have, they just keep in storage and then they bring out for displays every once in a while. Let's be honest. The drill and the wine opener I have at my house <laughs> is better than the Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go to Jeremy's house, and the two things that we got for him from you know are better. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So then you go up to the main floor, which is really the second floor, um, and this is where the rotunda actually opens up. You see the giant this dome is with where, the chandelier. If you walk up the front steps of the Capitol and you walked through the front doors of the Capitol, you would walk into the rotunda. And this is, you've probably seen, if you've seen wedding pictures with marble staircases, that is our capital. Um, there that was is, a bride getting pictures while we were Jer there. Jeremy's daughter did right. it. Did pictures. Um, we had our prom and prom. Yeah, a lot of proms there. there. <laughs> um, it's a, it's, the space is used a ton, especially when the legislative uh, session's not in. Um, and so, but there's, the, uh, there's so much to talk about. Like, I don't know where There's so much art. There's so many statues. We've talked about the floor. Um, I mentioned the terracotta earlier. So the floor has glass panels in it. And you can walk on them. Um, but they, the 60s, they took the glass but, out. And they put terracotta in of all <laughs> the things. Like, she said it was a green terracotta, but, but still. still. And 
after years of it breaking constantly and having to repair it and fit, they finally put glass back in. Yep. Um, so there's that. You go up the stairs. You have your Supreme Court on one side. Mm-hmm. And then you have the House and Senate chambers on the other side. Well, you have the, the House and then the Senate. Yeah, the House, the, is on, the House is directly opposite of the Supreme Court. The Senate's kind of off to the side. Then you go up to the third floor and you have the galleries for both of them. Is it the third? No, it's the fourth floor. Fourth floor. The third floor is the main entrance for them, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they also had the... What's the room where the they gold do the room. ceremonies and stuff? So they have the gold room. The, the gold, gold room. room. Which yeah. is very cool, and it's not like any of the other rooms. So it's right by the governor and lieutenant governor's office. And, it's and kind of between them. You'll, like any, basically anytime you see pictures of the governor with dignitaries or addressing the public with the flags behind them in the that's, mirror, that's, that's the that gold room. room, which is, uh, the stuff in that room is like the tassels have, are silver lined, there's gold. gold no, but there's also silver lined ones. The tassels around the curtains had silver lining. And um, there's gold. There's real crystal the, in the, the wall sconces. The original carpet has been replaced. So the rug was, oh, the is rug. in it, it's it's in storage because they don't want it ruined because this room is actually used, used for meetings. So they had a replica made. But it, and the same loom at the same place yeah. in Italy. Yes. And, the original. Yeah, they have original desk and chairs. And it's really cool that the... The brocade on the wall, she said they didn't even have any idea that there was a pattern and a color it on so it. so faded and sun And they, they took it down. And again, that material they had made, again, on the same looms with the same colors. But they were able to pull back the, the yeah. edging and, see, the and see what it really was. So the little area that you get to go through when you're going through on a tour, none of that's real. It's it's The fabric's real, but like... There's but no, it doesn't have, there's no gold, there's no actual there's crystals, no crystal, but the no stuff silver. across the room, and I'm going to email Alexis because she said that she'd send us some pictures because we couldn't go get it, but the tassels on the other side of the room have actual gold spun into them. And she was saying back in the day, people would steal the little crystals off the lights. And so they made them all plastic. So they're all plastic. On that side on, of the room. Yeah, on that, in that little area where people can just come in, but she said nobody's been been stealing it. But when we were standing in there, I bet I saw three highway patrol officers walk by. So <laughs> yeah. Well then, and then you go outside of there, and isn't that where they had the, the cornerstone? Um, yeah, that's yeah, where they had that on display. The little display with the the, the original nineteen fourteen cornerstone with all the stuff taken out of it, and then they had a, a little display for the guy who's the fast who broke the land speed record. Land speed record. Yeah. And they have like- so uh, Alexis said they have a lot of. Um, Art exhibits that cycle through, and so they have like, oh, yeah. um, like right now they're doing one with Great Salt Lake. So it's a bunch of artwork from different artists. That are, she said it's 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 kind of to do with the fact that they're going to be talking about it a yeah. lot during yeah. the session. So it's pictures of the lake and like impressions. Well, and then like down that. in the tunnels, they have all of the old pictures from the airport, airport from the old airport before the they airport. tore it down. So all that artwork is there. Well, and she did mention. So Jeremy and I had taken pictures before. Well, I had done, I think you took one, but you did it again after we were talking. But on the, 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 the edge, what are those things? The pillars for the staircase. Oh, yeah. The, that have the light fixtures on yeah, top. Yeah, but like I can't think post. what, thank you. Couldn't think of the word, no. Anyway, <laughs> on the top of it, there, there are these lights with eagles on them. And apparently, originally, our eagles had their wings back and they looked very much like the Nazi Hitler eagle. The one that they appropriated, yeah. So in the 1940s. So we, <laughs> we, we changed our eagle so that our, our, our wings are spread so that we don't look like the Nazi eagle. But 
We, of course, you know, had to talk to her and tell her about all the things we know about swastikas because <laughs> that's the kind of people we are. That's right. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of really good, like in, in the main part of the Capitol, both sides where the staircase is, there are giant, um, you said they were um, so it's, inspired by Grand Central, yeah, right? Grand Central Station in New York. The the whole ceiling is a, is an arch with glass in it, and it's all steel, reinforced steel on the outside, and the glass. None of them are the same. They're all yeah. They're all they're individual all, pieces. Yeah, slightly different because back then steel was rolled, but it wasn't done on a machine. And that's like where you have now. like the pastel coloring. You have the hippogriffs. Uh, oh, no, yeah. manticores, manticores. Manticores. Uh, hippogriffs the are uh, from yeah. Harry Potter. They're also manticores are also fantasy creatures. She, she also way. said that. Each pillar, the pillars we talked about a few minutes ago, is slightly different because they're all handmade. Yeah, they're all handmade. And so the distances between them all are slightly, slightly off, different. Like there's a foot here or there. So yeah. it made it challenging when they did all the retro stuff because it's not like now where everything's you know done on a machine and absolutely it's all handmade. All of this was handmade originally, so yeah. it did add a challenge. Um, but I, it looks great, and to see that stuff and it be a hundred years old and, and be in the condition it's in is is fantastic. Well, and they've done a good job. So she was telling us that they upgraded the like the fire detection system and did a bunch of testing of that, and now it's just these little pinholes. Yeah, she did say, "Can you see it?" And I went, "It's right there." But I know what I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> well, and I asked her how many cameras are in here. She goes, "I have no idea." I'm like, "They're hidden pretty well." Yeah, there's- I mean, there's some that are meant to be obvious. There are some that you can find if you're just kind of casually staring at the ceiling for a little while, like maybe you're waiting for your legislator to come out or something. But be aware, every square inch of that place has a camera. But oh, yeah. <laughs> there are some that are hidden on purpose, so yeah. you can't, don't go into the corner and like scratch balls because it'll be on camera. So we did get a chance because both houses, both the House and the Senate were in session. We went through both galleries. We were able to observe like we said earlier, some of the debate on the the um, abortion clinic abortion clinic legislation that's in out the there. house. It was in the house yeah. when we heard it, and then we went into the Senate and we got to listen to an actual vote where they <laughs> still call out each senator's name and ask for them yay to or yay or nay the vote. So when they did the renovation in two thousand and four. The House decided to do electronic voting, but the Senate, because it's a lot smaller, said, no, we want to keep the yay or nay style. And they kept the original desks. Yes. So the rolling desks. Well, so they had the same desks in both the House and the Senate, but when it came down to it, they didn't really have enough for everybody. So the Senate has the original roll top desks, and apparently they let some of the senators and representatives and staff at the time buy some some of them. them. So some people have some of those original and so and then desks. they change the way the desks are in and the chambers. It along with a lot of the woodwork was made from the trees they cut down when they cleared the land mm-hmm. for the capital originally. So those desks are made from the trees that were taken from the hill, and they're right. absolutely beautiful. So okay, we're gonna do a bit of a lightning round because um, we're we're getting long in the tooth here. Um, you can tell we really liked this adventure. Yeah. I, the Capitol, whether you have a guide or not, is absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. Obviously, with a guide, you get to see and hear a lot more than you would otherwise. Um, and and we knew a lot. So as we were like, we're like, oh, yeah, and this thing. And this, she's like, why do you even need me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to know from each of you, what was your favorite piece of art that you saw in there? Because there's a ton of art in the Capitol. 
Oh, I said the one that the one that stands out the most is the eagles in the rotunda because it's the entire sky. So it's almost as if you're looking. They're seagulls. Or they're seagulls. Eagles. Seagulls. That one was super amazing. I would say the other one though that would be my second was the the uh, picture of the women vote that was in the was it in the house. Yes. Yeah, I was in the house. So you have to like, you have yeah. to either be in the bottom part of the chamber, or you have to be like down, right down in the under first it. row of, uh, the, of the just the style gallery. of art. It's new, or it was done during the renovation, so it's a little bit different style than the original <laughs> stuff. But it, it it just it looked really phenomenal. The colors were great, so I really like that. And then I, I I like the openness of the one being on the dome. What about you? Um. I'm going to say I love that we got rid of the old tacky lions that are now at, at, oh, outside. Uh, oh, outside, yeah, at Lagoon. <laughs> and the three are at Lagoon. One is a private investor. Yeah. So all four of them are different. We only were on one side, so I only have a picture of two of them. Integrity I and prosperity, I think, is what we got pictures I of. I think so. Integrity for yeah. sure. I can't remember what the other one. But um, they're all different, but they all came from Italy, the same place. Um, beautiful. It, it, it looks amazing. Um, and I don't know if this counts as art, but I, the outside sconces on our Capitol that are patinaed, that they have let that patina. They let do their thing. Um, they're huge. Like they're almost as big as yeah, me. They're massive. Um, and, and they're right there by the door. And as you're walking up and stuff, I don't think people really think about how big they are, but you, as you're looking up at them and you see them and you realize, that's actually further away than I think it is. And it's still that enormous. Um, and then just, I, I am obsessed with the glass floor probably because when I, one of my first experiences in the Capitol was learning, like, don't scratch the glass floor. And I hadn't been able to see it from underneath before. And I think that was ingenious it was a, an amazing way to get the light from the top to the bottom so mine i guess technically aren't really art but no, more of the architecture of it um man the favorite piece of art for me is tough actually mine's more architecture than it is um like specific like a painting like or something i they're manticores um <laughs> <laughs> but i really it's it still sticks out to me right the the Grand Central Station-esque bit is, I think it fits with the Capitol, but what is really weird and in stark contrast are the pastels because you have all this marble, you have a, like the gold room that's like deep tones and gold and you have this really bright white. Burgundy. Like, and then you, and in the, the chambers, all the desks, dark. it's all dark and deeper colors. But in these Grand Central areas, the striping is blue and pink pastel. Baby pink and baby blue. And these manticores, there's only eight of them. There's, they're in each of the corners. They have orange wings. Yep. This is just the weirdest. I really liked it. I don't know why. And outside of that, I would say Martha Hughes Cannon. Yeah. That statue, was... having seen the stuff in DC, like that's really going to have a presence. And I really like that, that statue. Yeah. The manticores. I did a really good job of, of taking pictures of all of the things that we've talked about, <laughs> except for some of the artwork. So I, Alexa said she would get us some pictures of some of the things we couldn't get. So, um, 
she did point out a couple of views. Like there's a, a yeah. view where you can see on one of the open windows uh, from the Senate chamber, you can see, she said you can see the Great Salt Lake when it's not pollution. Yeah, it was just smoggy well, us. and I took a picture of one of the places she said was a really good view, but we're semi pollution-y at the time, and it was in the middle of the afternoon, so there wasn't anything yeah. exciting yeah, happening. You can see all the way down State Street. So I'm going to try and get a picture. She said there's some her. amazing sunrise and sunset pictures. At certain she said it makes, definitely makes working late uh, nice. a nice, a little bit nicer because it's absolutely beautiful. She, I also want to point out, because I think these, these folks get uh, a little bit lost and she made a, a point of it. And I noticed this as we've walked, as we walked around the Capitol, it is extremely clean inside. Now, oh, yeah. Chris took a picture of the outside parking lot, which maybe isn't as clean. They're bare cans. But the inside, <laughs> Alexis says every day they start at the bottom and they go to the top and they clean. And as we're walking around and we're taking pictures and looking at this stuff, it is clean. The people that keep our capital clean take a lot of pride in our capital and what they do, and they should be applauded for it because they're doing an amazing job. Okay, we have to talk about the earthquake stuff because we haven't really given it much justice. So in 2004, they retrofitted uh, the entire capital with this base isolation system. So before, it was just sitting on foundation. So what they had to do is go dig it all up little by little. Quarter by, uh, they did it in quarters, didn't she say? Yeah. Um, and then they put in these isolators. It's really, the engineering behind it's really cool. But what we were talking about is in one of the hallways between, they, they thought ahead. They have to go down there all the time anyway. They have to test them constantly. But in one of the hallways, they put viewing windows and there's a little timer so the lights would kick on. And it's really cool to be able to see what those base isolation units mm -hmm. actually look like. And I took some pictures, so and our those, blog might be a big one this time. Those are really cool, but they're the tiny ones, the ones that you get to see. Are yeah, the ones that you don't see are the center the ones. Massive that, ones. That are way bigger. She said at least four times bigger, yeah. each of them. And she was explaining like the moat that's around it, which is something similar to, I think, what they're doing with the the temple right yeah. now. Same, it's the same concept. It, it, yeah. You have Where, to dig... A big trench around it. Yeah, but they're they're essentially making the out. So I don't think the capital is a shell the way the temple is going to be. That's yeah, not as much. But no. the temple, what they're doing with it, they've they've they're basic, basically making the outside a veneer, mm -hmm. and the actual building will be a an, a shell that's completely encompassed and sits on the isolators and moves with the quakes and stuff. And then if the outside falls apart it falls apart but the actual structure stays it's, the capital is much and different. the capital is yeah. a little bit different where they built their moat it it will move and the the tiles are actually designed to get pushed out yeah. from so, there yeah so all the way all the way, all the way around the perimeter of the capital i don't know what that was maybe four feet yeah There's it's like, like a yard of marble tile that, that, go, that goes around it and then it's just an open underneath it it's just open. An open pit. so what happens is if the building moves it pushes these Big slabs out of the way, but it doesn't damage the foundation. Yeah. So if there was a really big quake, they'd have to go put all well, the slabs back. And they said during, uh, during the uh, COVID quake, they didn't really feel it. Like, like they said, it just kind of swayed. The chandeliers like moved, moved a tiny bit, and people are like, "Is it windy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so they're they're clearly. I mean. Obviously, there there can be bigger quakes. It wasn't the epicenter that happened in Salt Lake or anything like that, but it 
it's clearly working. And I didn't know that they could go in and test them like you do any other uh-huh. hydraulic, but they can go in, they can depressurize them, pull them out, make sure that they're still working. Put them yep. back in. So they all have pressure gauges on them that you can see. Uh, and they're all calibrated for whatever whatever area they needs are. To be. Very technical engineering shit none of us are qualified for. Exactly. And so, yeah, they can go in, test them, uh, take them out if they need to. Obviously, not all of them. You take one out at a time. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're made to be serviced just like you'd service a sprinkling system or your or your smoke detectors or just like anything else that you service. And I think she said like eight years, something like that is the cycle for – yeah, they go through and and pull them every out, eight like, years. They've all gone, them, been gone through once. Re recertify them, all that kind of stuff. So super cool, so cool. Um, so yeah, we would all encourage you, um, one hundred percent to go to the capital. It costs you nothing other than your tax dollars. Um, and this time of year, I, 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 you know, we talk about being involved and talking to your legislature, legislators, uh, and and being involved in stuff. This is, you can actually do it. It's not like Washington, D.C., we're getting into the galleries a little bit more difficult while they're in session. You can just go in the gallery. You just have to follow the rules. You'll see a lot of interns in the gallery. You'll see a lot of press people in the gallery oftentimes. Um, but there's plenty of seating usually. You can go sit in the gallery. You have to be respectful. You have to be quiet. But there are a lot of the offices are right there for the representatives. Yep. And so you can they are, talk to they them. They all have an office there. You can talk to them in the hall. You can go see them in their office. Well, and the committees all have offices, too, for, yep. for certain committees. So, yeah, I mean, we just walked right in. Obviously, with the tour guide, but we just we, walked right in. We could have walked right in without them, is my yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, and and I would encourage anyone to do that. Just understand you need to be respectful. Um, but if you want you know, a really good tour, definitely book the tour. Um, but uh, you're free to go in the Capitol and, and look at whatever you want. Just respect the magic ropes when they're yep. out. Um, and they do, she said they do weddings, they do all kinds of proms, things, office so parties. You can, like, you can rent out this different spaces for all kinds of events. Yeah, because they, they really made it a house of the people. I mean, it's grandiose, but it's, it's accessible. The, it's yours. You paid for it. Well, the people in your past paid for it, but we maintain it. Like our tax dollars are what, what maintain that building and take but advantage they, of it. That's what they paid for the retrofitting. And- it's, it's really freaking cool. It's unbelievably yeah. cool. It's you, definitely one of the most amazing buildings in Utah. Yeah, hands down. So we encourage you to go see it. Hopefully uh, you liked us rambling on for well over an hour about <laughs> it. Um, I, I think you can tell we all really enjoyed it. Um, please follow us on social media at TNU Podcast. Uh, go out to the website. Bree will put up um, a million pictures, probably like 20. I don't know. She took a bunch. Jeremy took a bunch. Alexis is sending us a bunch. So there will be a bunch of pictures on the website, thenewutah.com or hotdog-water.com. I paid for that renewal. We're keeping it. I can never remember where the dash is. After hot dog. Hot dog dash water. Uh, hot dog water was just too expensive. Uh, I would love to own that URL, though. And maybe yeah, I have it. a feeling that this blog is going to be super simple. I'm not going to list all of the history that you can go look up. I think this is going to be pictures. Uh, pictures of the things that we really found to be interesting and cool that we've talked about, that we mentioned. Um, clearly, we, I mean, this is no notes. We, we didn't, we didn't have notes in front of us. Jeremy did for like for the, the dates and things, yeah. but all of those things that we told you about, they're all from us just being so excited to see the building and to be in the building and just it's, it's definitely a proud diamond in our, 
our states. So have a good week. Enjoy the snow. Uh, RSL plays this weekend. Uh, the season's In Vancouver. Back and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. 